Okay, then, let's go. Rapid review for the week to the 7th of April. 96 data points checked, of which 15 were surprises, 13 shocks. A reasonably busy week then with just a quiet result. Broadly, US very negative, Europe very positive, and Asia just on the right side of neutral. What did we learn from all that? Well, the US weekly banking data arrived too late to comment that day, but now uh, we're up to March 29th on that data, so we've got a good look at what's happening. Uh, bank credit is down $236 billion on the month, thanks to a $254 billion uh, in securities holdings. But those holdings are still 30.3% of the total bank credit, so there's plenty more profits-killing securities dumping to be done. Deposits were down $280 billion, but that's probably not just SVP and Signature doing the damage. Deposits have been falling steadily all this year, down $206 billion in January, $107 billion in February, and now a further $280 billion. Result, the credit-to-deposit ratio is stuck at 100%, which is up from around 92% this time last year. My view, uh, the US banking system has a tricky and expensive problem, but it's not probably in systemic crisis. The main focus in the US, however, was on labor markets and their weakening. Job openings fell 6% in February to the lowest since May 2021, with the worst falls being in professional and business services. This is something I wrote about on the 4th of April. On Wednesday the 5th, we then got the ADP private payrolls number, which showed a rise of just 145k. Worse, the lowest productivity, lowest paid sector is the only one really adding labor fast, and that's leisure and hospitality, which was responsible for 137K of the total 145K job openings rise. Meanwhile, professional and business services was down 46K, financial activities down 51K, manufacturing down 30K. That's a bad mix. And on Friday the 7th, we got confirmation Private payrolls were up just 189k, with the problem being, again, that the gains were crowded into the leisure and hospitality sector, which was up 72k. Remember, this is really the lowest rung on the ladder, with an hourly wage of $20.96 versus an average for the economy as a whole of 33.18. What's worse than that is that even though hourly L&H wages were up 0.8% on the month, average hours spent were down 1.2%. So the average weekly earnings in the leisure and hospitality sector were actually down 0.4% month in month and up only 3.6% year on year. Crowding into the lowest wage, lowest productivity sector doesn't look like a good way of building your economy in the longer term. Over to Europe. Germany's February data was designed to disprove those worries about its deindustrialization. Industrial production was up 2%, exports were up 4%, and factory orders were up 4.8%. All that's month on month. On Wednesday the 5th, however, I was skeptical about those factory orders. Look at the capital goods sector, up 7.3%, led by a 15.9%, 15.9% jump in orders from, well, guess where? the Eurozone ex-Germany. Really? Look closer, and it's the auto industry doing the lifting, with Eurozone ex-Germany orders up 26%, while the orders from the rest of the world fell 0.4%. The problem is, monthly car registrations 
in Eurozone X Germany, which I do track, show no sign of the surge in demand, and neither does commercial vehicles or heavy trucks, which I also look at. So it looks to me like there's some channel stuffing going on here. That might be good. It might be bad. We'll see. Over in France, on the other hand, on the 3rd of April, I looked at its deteriorating budget position. It's going south fast in a way which isn't happening in Germany and isn't even happening in the UK. In the 12 months of February, the deficit is beginning to approach the worst months of the pandemic. And the problem is this. During January to February, spending rose 8.5%, but taxes dropped 15.2%. And that's thanks to a complete collapse in net corporate tax take. France's budget problems are going in the wrong direction, and we need to be aware of that. Finally, raise a cheer for Singapore, which I did on April 6th. It saw its foreign reserves up 18.1 billion in March, and that's the largest monthly jump since April 2020. It looks like Singapore is benefiting from being the last man standing. Now we see the weakness in Switzerland, in the US, and we're waiting for it in the Eurozone. And why not? It looks a safe financial system. Singapore's banks have a loan-to-deposit ratio of only 73%. And the private sector is running a savings surplus of around 18% of GDP. And those savings have to be banked somewhere. And you'd expect them to be barreling into the financial system there. So Singapore's endlessly conservative stance finally looks to be getting a fine reward. Okay, that's it from me. I hope you found this useful and interesting. If you did, please like it and spread the word as all these things help. Thanks very much. Have a great week.